My friend, you're here because you want English skills that help you connect with people on a deeper level. So join the free accent training community on school.com today and get some momentum going with your American accent development. Open the link in the description and request to join the free accent training community while spots are available, my friend. Welcome to the Accent Training Podcast, a podcast where I teach you to harness the sounds of spoken English. My name is Pat. I'm an accent coach. I coach the American accent to non-native English speakers. I come from Canada. I live in the great country of Mexico. And these days I spend my time online teaching folks all over the world how they can speak English with the American accent. I'm here for your English education. And today, we're going to take things up a notch. If you're someone who's listened to a lot of episodes of this podcast, then you've likely heard the episode where I talk about the er, er, schwa r sound. You may have also heard the episode where I talk about the R and how we can make that movement to get a crystal clear R sound. And when I talk about the schwa, the schwa, this kind of uh, uh, unstressed, quick, flat, quiet sound. We don't stretch it out. We don't raise our pitch. We just make our voice go quick and flat and quiet. And you may remember in that episode where we broke down the schwa sound, I expressed that any vowel letter can become a schwa. Schwas are reduced letters. We take the sound away from it and we just give it an uh, uh sound. Now, in a few recent episodes, I've discussed how schwas can appear in words with multiple syllables. Words like problem. Instead of saying problem, we're going problem, given a bloom. I've spoken about how schwa can appear in the word the, the. Sometimes it's the, if the word after the begins with a vowel, the apple, the idea. But if the word after the begins with a consonant, it's going to be a schwa, the, the. Now the... It gets that schwa sound, it's quick and quiet, because it's a function word. It's a grammar word. So we don't need to give it a lot of importance in the sentence. We don't need to rise our pitch with it. And as a matter of fact, a lot of function words get schwa sounds. And we're going to look at another one of these function words today. How about the word for? For. F-O-R, not F-O-U-R. That one's not a function word. That one's a content word. It's giving description in the sentence. Function words are for grammar. For, for grammar. Notice how I'm not saying for grammar, but I'm saying for, for. I'm keeping the sound flat, quick. I'm not stretching that O out like a for grammar. It's for grammar. I'm just saying for. For grammar. So function words are for grammar, and for that reason, for, for that reason, we don't stretch them out. We don't give them a lot of stress. We make them flat and quick. And that is a habit that I want to help you folks build today. 
Because when we reduce our function words and we make them quick and flat and we give them schwa sounds, we better control our speech stress, our strong and weak and strong and weak patterns of speech. It also improves the way that we connect our words together. Because when we can get certain sounds weak and quick, we can link them nice and smoothly with the words around them, kind of like puzzle pieces. And when we understand the reason why we do this, you'll have just a little bit more confidence in the fact that you're making the right sounds at the right time, and not overly pronouncing vowels, which can easily be reduced. So listen in closely, folks, and I'll let you know what I can do for you. Do for you. But before we do, I've just got to remind everybody listening, make sure that you hit the subscribe button. Make sure that you follow this podcast. You hit that little bell. And and you know what? Maybe even hit that star that's up there. Give me a rating. Let me know what you think. Like, hey, if I take a look at my ratings and I see it's all five stars, then I know, hey, these folks are learning. People are finding some value in this content. That's what I want to hear. However, if I check on an app and I see my podcast has only gotten two stars, well, I know I need to make some changes, right? So hit subscribe, give a rating to the podcast, write a comment, let me know your thoughts. And beyond that, if anybody listening is interested in one-on-one classes, feel free to send me a private message either through Facebook or through Instagram at Accent Training Club. Accent Training Club. If you send me a message on there, folks, no matter where you are in the world, as long as you've got an internet connection, we can work out some times for classes and get started on improving your American accent together. Or maybe you're a particularly busy person. You have a hard time keeping to a proper schedule for your own personal classes and stuff like that. Hey, I know how it is. I know how it is. I've got the same difficulty myself. And for that reason, I've got a remedy for that, my friend. I have a video course available for you. You can check the link in the description. It's this on-demand video course. You don't have to download anything. It's just you stream the videos, you can click some links, get some notes, and take control of your spoken English using an American accent any time of day, any day of the year, anywhere. You can download the materials, and you can watch them any time of day, anywhere that you like. So check out the video course. There's a link in the description, and we can get started working on the American accent together. All right, so let's get into some stuff here for today and discuss how we can reduce the word for an extremely common word in spoken English and just make it a quick and quiet fur. As I mentioned... For, it's a function word. Function words are usually short and unstressed, and native English speakers often reduce them. So here's what we can do about it. To enhance your speech flow, we are going to take a little time and just focus on linking the word for in a few common phrases to the words before and after it. We're going to reduce the O-R to a flat er, er sound and pronounce that quickly. Now that er, it's the same er as an o-r or e-r word ending, er. I'm keeping my teeth very close together. 
I've got my tongue kind of bunched up in my mouth. The tip of the tongue is pointing upwards, up towards the roof of my mouth. Er, er. And I'm making no motion. My mouth is totally static when I pronounce that. Er. It's not an er, er. Nor is it an or, or. But my teeth are close. My tongue's pointing up. Er, er. And now let's put an F before that. Fur, fur. Flat, shapeless kind of sound. So concerning the word for, as we're seeing, there are two pronunciations. It can be for or it can be fur. We pronounce this as fur when it's in the beginning of a sentence. For example, right there. For example, for example. I'm not saying for example. For example. That's too clear. I'm making that function word, that grammar word, way too strong. For example. But a quick and quiet for. For example. We also do this in the middle of a sentence. Like, they came for that. Came for. They came for that. For is pronounced as a full for, however. If it's the final word in a sentence, such as, what are you here for? What are you here for? For. What are you here for? How long do you need me for? So that's the rundown on the word for for you right here. In the beginning of a sentence or in the middle of a sentence, we reduce it to a fur and we link it to the following word. However, if this is the final word in a sentence, we pronounce that full for. Four. So you know what comes next. We got to practice this. Now that you're aware of the concept, that's a major step right there. You become aware of the concept, and this is no longer going to be something that just goes right over your head. Your ears are now going to have an easier time picking this up. Now, I won't take too much time out of your day today, but let's look at a handful of phrases where we can practice this together. For example, be there for me. Be there for me. This could be like asking someone to support you in something, right? You say, hey, I need you to be there for me. It's like, I need your support. I need you to maybe literally make an appearance or just to listen while they talk. Be there for me. And if someone tells you, be there for me, you could tell them, for sure, I'll be there for you. For sure. For. For sure. Notice how that vowel in for is sounding the exact same as the vowel in sure. Different spelling. That's the schwa sound. For sure, I'll be there for you. For sure, I'll be there for you. For sure, this is a way that people say absolutely. I agree 100% for sure. Another one here, if you live in an English-speaking city... You may see signs up that say apartment for rent. Apartment for rent. Not apartment for rent, but apartment for. Apartment for rent. It's not for sale. It's for rent. Not for sale. It's for rent. There's an apartment for rent. Not for sale. Just it's for rent. Come over for dinner. Maybe you're having some guests come by. 
You want to be friendly with your invitation? Come over for dinner. There are dozens of examples. And honestly, I could sit here for an entire hour just listing off one phrase after another. And that may make it seem like an intimidating thing to you. Like, oh my god, this is such a common word. I've been saying it wrong for years. What can I do? I don't know. Hey, don't worry. Don't be intimidated by the fact that this is common. Let that motivate you. Consider that to be a blessing. Now, how is that a blessing, you may wonder? Well, that is a blessing because it means just about every English conversation is an opportunity for you to practice. Every conversation that you listen to, every song that you hear, or any time that you just chat with someone, you can be confident that the word for or fur is going to come up many times in that conversation. Your goal from now on should be to listen for that one word, just that one word. Focus on that one word alone. Catch it as often as possible. Shadow the way that native speakers use it. Repeat the words and the expressions that they use. And you'll pick this up in no time. You'll make this a habit that'll flow along with the rest of your wonderful English and language skills. It's going to be beautiful. And by the way, for anybody wondering, am I pronouncing this the exact same as F-U-R, like animal fur? Yes, I am. For example, uh, I could say I bought a fur coat for winter. Fur coat for winter. Personally, I wouldn't buy a fur coat. It's just not my thing. I'll wear leather, but not fur. I think that's a little too much. But a fur coat for winter. Exact same sound in both furs right there. Well, before we get going for today, let me send you off with a couple of idiomatic expressions so that you can keep listening for this and keep getting the hang of it yourself. Here's a real common one here. Stand up for yourself. You need to stand up for yourself more. Stand up for yourself. What does that mean? Stand up for yourself. Does this mean standing by your own effort? Well, not exactly. Stand up for yourself is more to say, don't let other people treat you poorly. Assert yourself. If somebody insults you or if somebody tries to take something from you, you show that person that you're not someone to be messed with. You stand up for yourself. Stand up for, for yourself. Here's another one with fur as a for sound. They'll say, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. Careful what you wish for. American English speakers say that quite a bit. There's songs about this, plays, everything. Be careful what you wish for. Because you just might get it. Be careful what you wish for. And notice getting that full for, not wish for. But be careful what you wish for means that the things that you want may have undesirable consequences and unforeseen consequences, things that you didn't anticipate happening. For example, suppose that you wish for a winning lottery ticket and you receive millions of dollars for winning the lottery. Well, that may seem like a blessing at first. However, if you look into a lot of these folks who win the lottery, the vast majority of them end up in an even worse financial situation than they were in before they ever had any money. 
Be careful what you wish for. It may make things worse. So we got stand up for yourself. Be careful what you wish for. Here's another good one. To have one's work cut out for them. If I say I've got my work cut out for me here, this means that you have a lot of obstacles to overcome in order to reach your goals or to accomplish something. It's going to take a lot of work. This is something that we say when we have a particularly big job to do. Something that's going to take a long time. You have your work cut out for you. And here's one more idiomatic expression for you. If something pays for itself. People will say this, you know, they'll say, um, I got some new windows that hold the heat in the house better. They'll pay for themselves in no time. Pay for themselves because they hold the heat in the house? Well, if your new windows keep more heat inside of your house, they're better for your insulation, then your power bill is probably going to be lower in the winter months, right? After a year or two with lower power bills in the winter, because your house's insulation is better, you don't need to have the heater on all the time. Or I suppose gas. A lot of people use gas in their houses, whatever you use for heating. Something pays for itself if it saves you money in another area. And that's always something to anticipate, right? Like, that's nice. I'm sure I've got a lot of homeowners listening. And if you own your own home, you definitely want things that pay for themselves. Houses are expensive, and they require a lifetime of maintenance, constant maintenance. There's always something to work on. You've really got your work cut out for you if you're a homeowner, right? Well, make an investment that pays for itself. Maybe, again, light bulbs. Light bulbs that use less electricity but produce more light. In the long run, they'll pay for themselves. Because you'll be wasting less power keeping the lights on. So a lot of great idioms with the word for. A lot of great phrases that we can use this with. If you are someone who's speaking English, you know, at a good conversational level, you understand that the word for has so many uses. This isn't a grammar class, so I'm not going to get into the uses of it. But you understand that it has so many uses, and it is extremely important. So keep an ear open, practice this on your own time, have some conversations, listen to English speakers, Identify that word when other people use it. Make it short and quick in your own speech and just get used to it. Well, this brings us to the end of today's episode, my friend. It's been a great opportunity for us to learn here together. I apologize that this episode's a couple days late. I know not everybody listens to it the first day it comes out anyway, so a lot of people would never know that this is a couple days late. But it is. It's a couple days late. Um, hey, I'm, I'm working on stuff. I'm working on stuff, folks. I got a lot on the go. But right now, it is Thursday, March 17th, 2022, St. Patrick's Day. I wasn't named after St. Patrick, but I've got the same name as him, Patrick. I was named after, after my father's grandfather, though. That's my namesake. But today is St. Patrick's Day. I'm just going to take it easy today. I'm not often St. Patrick's Day is a day to get out. People go out and party, drink green beer. 
Like in Toronto, in my city, and actually even in this city, in Monterey, a lot of bars that you go to on St. Patrick's Day, if people go out to a bar, they'll give you a beer, and it's green. Green beer. Absolutely incredible. Doesn't taste any different. It just, it looks like it's radioactive. It tastes like beer. You know, beer tastes just fine. I like the taste of beer. It's bitter, but it's tasty. But anyway, St. Patrick's Day, I'll take it easy this year. No green beer for me this year. I'll take it easy. However, if you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm getting out there tonight. I'm going to go ham. I'm going to go party, have a good time, get some green beer into me. Well, you've got my blessing. You've got the blessing from this Patrick, this Irish descendant. So enjoy yourself, whatever your plans are. If you're taking it easy like me, if you didn't even know it, St. Patrick's Day on March 17th, that's all right. Take it easy. That's all good. If you're going ham tonight, enjoy Absolutely, get out there and enjoy. It's mostly, you know, college students, people who just want any excuse to party and get out and have fun late at night in the city. Those are the folks that that are going ham. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for, thank you for listening. Keep on developing your use of spoken English by reducing unstressed function words, reducing those vowels to schwa's. And linking those schwas to the words around them. It's been a pleasure to chat with you today. And my friend, I look forward to teaching you many more things in the days to come. If you don't want to wait for the days to come, that's okay. Check out the video course. There's a link in the description. And we can connect on there where I will teach you some key concepts in controlling your sounds and stress of spoken English. Thank you very much for your time today. And have a good one, folks. I'm opening my doors of enrollment for the month of May. I've got five accent training spots available for five accent learners who want to see predictable progress learning to communicate in English with the same habits, the same patterns, and the same sounds that Americans use naturally. I've got limited space available this month, my friend. So apply right now through the link in the description if it's important for you to learn to speak English in the way that Americans listen for.